0: Hello everybody and welcome to Last First Day, the podcast where I, Billy Gleason, lead guests from all over the entertainment industry back through one more perfect day of school. Why? Well their schools happen to have reached out to me and told me that they were technically one day short of graduating. I know, rubbish. However, due to my magical powers in the space of about 45 minutes to an hour each week, I can walk them through the halls of the Last First Day Academy, get them all graduated again, everything's fine, and it's like nothing ever happened. Now, if you joined us before, you know exactly how this works, but if you haven't, I highly recommend going back and checking out the previous episodes. Just last week I spoke with comedian Philip Jeremick about his time at a performing art school in Canada. The week before that, I spoke with Rebecca Lowe from the NBC coverage of the Premier League about her time at an girls school in london the week before that spoke with will buxton about his time at a boarding school in the south of england the week before that and this is the highest my voice can go i spoke with Stephen Danano about his time in hackensack at a public school here but now i'll stop i'll go back down again we are setting foot on american soil for the first time in three weeks but we are going over to the west coast for the first time on the last first day podcast the pacific northwest to be precise and we are going to a catholic school for the first time i'm already uncomfortable i hope you are too he wouldn't want it any other way because this is going to be the last first day of wilfred padua hello everybody and welcome to the next episode of the last first day podcast my guest today is a comedian and winner of the 2019 Boston Comedy Festival. You can see him regularly performing in and around New York City at all your favorite comedy clubs. I am lucky enough to know him from our time in the Seattle comedy scene together, and it is a pleasure to be reunited with him on the East Coast. Wilfred Padua, how are you, my friend? Hey, thank you,
1: man. You know, while you are doing that intro, I was just... You can't let go of the British accent. It should always be an announcer or something, you know? You just think American voices aren't really built to do it? I don't know. It's always it's so lazy and not formal enough. I also think I have uh, gotten to the point where I, I'm starting to think uh, British people are stupid. But uh... <laughs> what gives you that idea? Boris Johnson was the first clue true, true. <laughs> and then the fact that you guys voted him in and then all the Brexit stuff and I was
0: like oh maybe they're not as like bright and superior as I thought they were no but if you could keep that to yourself that'd be great there's so many yeah. people that have said to me over the years things like oh yeah you know the accent you know it must be so great having an English accent I know you've been to England before Depends what region of England you go to. Not a lot of people are saying that about people from Newcastle, from sure. Liverpool.
1: My buddy, Dom Telford, he's a player for Crawley Town, Okay. Uh, is from the north. And I was hanging out with him maybe my first day there. Yeah. And I was like, are you having trouble with Dom's accent? And I was like... Look, man, I can't understand any of you. <laughs> you all You're sound right. foolish to me. So give me a couple of days. I'll figure out how to pick it up. <laughs> that is uh, what is fun about the UK is that, you know, I started watching Premier League soccer. I'm an yeah. Arsenal fan. I'm supposed to hate Tottenham. Yes. And I'm like... I couldn't care less, but you guys let it really boil your blood. Yeah.
0: But then at the same time, you you go to a pub and then you just like hang out. Were you big in any American sports before getting into Premier League? Uh, the NBA. What's your team in the NBA? Uh, it's not cool to say. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Warriors fan. Okay. Is that because of yeah. Steph or were you just always that growing up?
1: Because I was always a Warriors fan, like, back in the 90s when I was an, a Sonics fan, too. Right. Then the Sonics disappeared, and so now
0: I'm a Warriors fan because they're around. Disappeared makes it sound like an accident. I think a lot of the Seattle uh-huh. community is going to be pissed off with you for the yeah, for they... the phrasing of that one. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just, just mysteriously disappeared. disappeared. Yeah. They... <laughs>
0: I what think... was that one show where 2% of the population disappeared? Oh, The Leftovers? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, one of yeah. my favorite shows. That's they got so leftover <laughs> You got leftover They just disappeared <laughs> and replaced with Justin Saru smoking cigarettes. It was such a shame to see the Sonics go, because also Seattle such a big, it is a really big basketball <laughs> town. They yeah. love their basketball, but what you say about Arsenal and Tottenham and the rivalry, did the Sonics really have that, rivalry with someone in the nba
1: no i don't think rivalries exist like i guess like the seahawks are supposed to have the rivalry with the 49ers yeah it doesn't feel the same but when i talked to an arsenal guy there's like a i was talking about how i respect Ming son who's a, a Tottenham winger. Yeah. Just because he, he's an Asian dude. You know, we got to stick together. <laughs> and my buddy, who's an Arsenal fan, was like, yeah, but he has all these, like, angry streaks. And I was just like, dude. And maybe it's like I'm, I don't have enough history with being a Premier League fan, but I was like, I don't care. <laughs> For
0: anyone who actually watches the sport, if you think Hyung min Son has a nasty streak in him, you haven't been paying enough attention. Oh, he's not sure, even the nastiest sure. guy on that team you got like a christian romero he's gonna go in studs up halfway up your uh-huh. back if he gets given the opportunity to do that son's not getting given that opportunity yeah. one of my favorite arsenal players is Granit chaka who used to be that guy oh yeah and was getting red cards left and right And i'm mm-hmm. like i kind of love him for that it, i think because they're top of the league i imagine he's getting sedated before every single game he goes out there because he's, <laughs> he's, he's this vicious Swiss rhinoceros otherwise who's just yeah. going out there and causing a rampage. What got you into the Premier League, mate? I watched All or Nothing. Okay, uh, which one?
1: The, on Amazon, the the Arsenal one. Oh, great. And uh, which was, I think, their last season. Yeah. And I fucking love Mikel Arteta. I love that guy. <laughs> I also love Pep. Mm. I've learned to love him as well. Just the handsome
0: of, uh, ones then. Just the handsome managers. Yeah, is just the,
1: the handsome. <laughs> yeah. The guy have a certain um, look. You know, there's something dark and
0: uh, Spanish about him. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have that edge. You know, that's why the English yeah. managers don't really make it anymore. We've got all the yellowing teeth and, you know, everyone's got the beer gut and what have you. When I was in London, you guys didn't look that bad. Really? What time say, of year did yeah. you go? I was there in December. But that's because we got all the heavy coats on, mate. We got all the heavy yeah, coats the heavy, on. There the were,
1: I did think that there was an awful trend going around where everyone's wearing pants that were too tight. Guys were. That's been going it's for like, a while. They look like an ice cream cone, just like a big circle <laughs> on top. <laughs> and
0: then these twigs underneath. <laughs> the ve- the veins in their leg just look like the waffle cone. At the bottom Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. I can (laughs) sit there Mate, I want to dive into your stand-up career You've been performing comedy for how many years now? It's either 10 or 12 The answer varies as to whether or not you count my years in
1: grad school Mm -hmm. Because I was only doing stand-up maybe once a month Mm -hmm. for those two years And then I really started taking it seriously afterwards
0: Mm -hmm. Why would you not count that? Just because you didn't feel you were pounding the pavement the way you should be?
1: Yeah and also uh saying i've been doing it for 12 years and only accomplishing what i've accomplished is sad <laughs> <laughs> so i can say like four that'd be great
0: i think in the early <laughs> stages of your career you're like well yeah i've been doing it for five years when you've really only been doing it for three because you want yourself to yeah. sound a little better but yeah the longer it goes you're like yeah i don't want to keep adding to that number yeah. if people still haven't heard of me at this point
1: yeah i feel like a woman
0: who's like 29 forever <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) you have a great accomplishment though in your corner many great accomplishments but one of them standing out that i mentioned at the very top was winner of the 2019 boston comedy festival that's an awesome accomplishment congratulations mate what was that experience like so i had
1: just come off a run of festivals that one was just the most annoying to me because <laughs> Boston's like just far enough for it to be annoying. And okay. it's a week long competition, but there's like all these different rounds. I went up, my first day was Tuesday. I went up, came back, took the bus back that night because I had nothing Wednesday and Thursday in Boston, nowhere to stay. Didn't want to pay for a hotel. So Tuesday happens and I'm like, I hope I don't make it to the next round because I have to come back to Boston. <laughs> and then I get to the next round. Uh, the next round is Friday mm-hmm. and I'm splitting a hotel with my buddy, Gus, Gus tape, very funny comedian. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I don't make it to the next round, I'm flying on the morning. And I was like, if you don't make it, I hope I don't make it. Mm-hmm. Gus doesn't make it. And then I make it to the next round. So I'm in the finals now. And then, so it's Saturday and I'm like, all right, the plan is just to do the spot end the show, get out of there, drive back to New York as fast as possible. And then I win the thing and they're like, you got to go to the after party, brother. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want. I got to be in New York, and like, no, you got to go to the after party. And then I go to the after party. I'm like interviewed by like newspapers and like <laughs> and everything. I forget who the judges were. Because there were big names, and I was like, "I'm shaking your hand," <laughs> like, "You're like you're this." It's so crazy that i forgot who they were, but I was just like, "Oh, I'm shaking, you know, Roseanne Barr's hand or whatever." Right, right.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, I hope it was her. That's a great story yeah, to have. It, it was, was Roseanne
1: Barr. Oh no, it was uh, Caroline Ray. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Caroline Ray. Uh, that's why I thought Roseanne, because like 90s star. Uh, <laughs> I'm shaking Caroline Ray's hand and I'm like, I want to drive back to New York.
0: <laughs> I would say that's a really good save to say, like, I thought Caroline Ray because, you know, 90s star. Definitely no other. Yeah. I think Caroline Ray is going to take that comparison for that reason and for that reason only. Anything yeah. else, <laughs> anything else you're done in this business, she's taken the award back. The Boston Comedy Festival. That you won was before the pandemic yeah. took place. Then the industry had to try and survive through the pandemic. How do you feel the industry has changed pre pandemic to now? Do you think we're back to where we were? Do you think we're still getting there? In terms of the
1: industry and their relationship to comedians, I think that they are now lazier than they've really? ever been one of the best shows ever in brooklyn was the show at the knitting factory
0: yeah um, great
1: place i was doing that one of their last ones i was with pd a great comic and he leaned over to me and was like this is bullshit. this is a great show now but this used to be the show where industry went out to mm. to see what the next talent is and now they don't even show up to this They don't even show up to the one show that they're guaranteed to see someone new. I think they're just lazier because they're like, they're at home. They're just watching to see who's got a blue check and 50,000 followers. Not even 50, like 200,000 followers. And they're like, all
0: right, I guess we'll just hand that person a career. It's a weird time to be a comedian right now. I don't think comedians who have great material are the ones who are finding themselves rising to the top.
1: The shit that has gone well on my Instagram is all the easiest stuff yeah before the pandemic it was about saying something new and being interesting to comedians as well as audience members mm-hmm. we were the tastemakers yeah. for comedy now we aren't the algorithm is the tastemaker that's the difference is that we're all doing reels and all every comedian has become a video editor a social media manager yeah. all this stuff
0: Every comedian I know knows how to use Premiere. It feels like we're sort of in the American Idol era now, where you can just skip all that. You can (laughs) just skip all that, and if you're funny on TikTok, don't worry about it. You can headline this club now. Like if you've if you've had one good bit on TikTok, great. You've got two hundred fifty thousand followers. People are going to come and buy a ticket to come and see you. Oh, sure. I mean, comedy's supposed to exist in a dark room. Mm -hmm. Originally, was
1: like this place where people went to hear like. A naughty thing yeah (laughs) now comedy is something that you just feed an idea that everyone's already had back into the internet yeah and then people are like oh i'm gonna click like because i thought that too one day yeah that's not what comedy is supposed to be um my art isn't supposed to be something you could have already
0: thought of Mm mm-hmm anyway mate Two grumpy fuckers talking into a microphone isn't isn't going to get as many listeners as maybe I would like. So I'm going to move on to the reason that we are here today. It's awkward, but I have to bring it up. I got a call earlier this week from your high school, which I forgot the name. I couldn't quite hear it on the phone. What was it called? It was O'Day High School in Seattle. O'Day High School in Seattle they gave me a call and they said look I heard you have this podcast and there's a fella you know who was on the Seattle comedy scene and we don't really have the guts to tell him ourselves, but he technically was one day short of graduating totally our fault we totally messed up so do you mind having a chat with him and seeing if you could make him relive one more perfect day just to make sure he's graduated and everything's good and I said oh fucking hell i've had to do this with so many people already this is a lot of work (laughs) and honestly i wish the school system would do fucking something because how are they farming this work out to me for free but fine fine let me see what i can do so mate this is me asking you would you mind going back to school for one more day and we will make sure that your high school graduation certificate whatever high school diploma is Uh completely (laughs) valid can you do that with me yeah, let's do it. Beautiful, beautiful. So this is the last first day of Wilfred Padua. Wilfred, let's start with the easy one. You said where you went to school, O'Day. Uh-huh. Tell us what that was like. Whereabouts was that? What did that look like for the people that aren't so, familiar with it? O'Day is a high school in the, just up the hill from downtown Seattle. <laughs> it's
1: an all-boys Catholic high school. It used to be run by the Irish Christian Brothers now it's i guess like a non specific group of people that run it okay. but it's still catholic's small school and it was very prestigious but also affordable if that makes sense yeah I, I can i can go with you we put out a lot of people that went on to be bigger things one day i'd like to be one of those <laughs> a lot of people really value the school like uh, most of the school's funding comes from alumni donations Oh, wow. This actually ties back to this whole arsenal thing. What I loved about Mikel Arteta was he always made a, the team a family. Mm-hmm. A togetherness. That's another reason why I really love soccer is togetherness is a word that keeps on getting thrown around. Mm-hmm. My first sense of togetherness was at this high school.
0: Oh, that's great. Do you still have people you're in contact with from that school? No. No, actually.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you're really together, but
0: then as soon as it ended, fuck yourself, we're done. Yeah. The main reason
1: is mostly because, I I mean, I live in New York. I'm I'm a comedian. I'm very enthralled in my community right now. Mm -hmm. But I do look at everyone very fondly. And sometimes people hit me. I was like, hey, I'm in New York. I'd love to see a show. And I'm like, let's hang
0: out because I don't – Wanna just leave it at that. Well, then speed us back to what the beginning of the day looked like for you. What sort of time did you wake up? What was your morning routine before going to school? I used to wake up I think at six
1: o'clock, mm-hmm. leave the house at six fifty. My parents lived in the suburbs in Kent, Washington, and there was one bus that went from Kent, from our neighborhood, one bus that went from our neighborhood to downtown Seattle. Mm -hmm. And that bus came at 6.55. So I left my place at 6.50, walked down the hill, around the corner, caught that bus, would arrive in downtown Seattle around like 7.45. Then I got to take a bus up the hill to the school and be you know ready and in class by 8 20. This is a
0: trick do you even remember why why did they pick out O'Day that was O'Day just this you know such a prestigious it's a great school?
1: school I have three older brothers that went there I have three cousins that went there everyone would come from all over the Seattle
0: area and have an awful morning to get there um, but it was so worth it did you ever have those lucky mornings where a parent or family member would give you a ride to school and, you know, would absolutely oh, make yeah. your life?
1: Oh, yeah. My dad lost his job for like a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> for like the
0: worst reason, but it worked out for you. Senior year, my buddy, they only give
1: parking spots to seniors and they give priority parking spots to people who carpool. Okay. And my buddy who lives not the closest, like it still took him 20 minutes to get to my place, okay. would pick me up and then we drive over together
0: on your way to school you talked about getting the bus over there did you have a ritual in that regard did you have music you listened to on the way to school yes what did you do i had
1: a cd player okay (laughs) i think this was around when you were just starting to burn cds for friends hell yeah i would sit in the back corner and then there was this other dude who was always on the bus rode the same bus to seattle same bus back white guy that was like always wore cargo shorts and like big boots and like and had uh, dreadlocks we've had n- almost no interactions the entire time but there would be mm. moments where it was like my stop was coming up and i was asleep he'd wake me up and tell me my stop was coming up or vice versa that's
0: the togetherness yeah. you're looking for right there when you were burning cds what was sort of your your mix i was
1: just getting further into rap music i hated like mainstream rap because i was like cool indie kid
0: you're from, and, seattle. Uh, you're from seattle you yeah. have to like some
1: some weird new shit at the times, it was Black Eyed Peas before Fergie. Uh, <laughs> right. And Which, they were just like a good rap group. They were. They were. <laughs> I agree. I was like learning
0: about Tribe Called Quest and mm. whatnot. That's what I was into. Yeah, my brother probably right around the same time was into much of the same thing and introducing me to Wu-Tang and all the various yeah. different iterations that came out of that, whether it was Ghostface's album, whether it was Method Man or Red Man's album. He listened to The Roots Way before oh, yeah. anyone ever heard of them going on Jimmy Fallon, oh, you know, that the was this were so good, so so good, and they were. A, I remember when they got the Fallon job. Me and my brother were like, "Holy crap, that's a gigantic get!" I remember when they got that job, and I was
1: like, "Oh, that is kind of brilliant," because they're
0: one of the best, like improvisers, and also very interesting characters. Mm-hmm. I have to ask because from Seattle, and we're talking about music. The years I lived there, I know Seattle is a very proud music town. Were you proud of Seattle music? Was there a lot of Seattle music you followed or were you not really into it?
1: I'm still really not into it.
0: (laughs) Macklemore is
1: awful. Uh, I I like respect the Nirvana pro jam stuff, but it was never really my thing. I grew up listening to Mm R&B
0: and rap, so it was just not what I gravitated to when you get to school, I want to start with the bad stuff, get the bad stuff out of the way first. What were your nightmares? Let's get those away from your schedule as far away as we can. It really depended on the teacher, oh, uh, okay. the subject.
1: Every teacher was like an interesting character. Um, and mm-hmm. there were some teachers that were just very boring and dull. And you couldn't play with them. So when you go to an all boys school, there's a lot of idiocy that gets thrown around for fun. And so there were a lot of teachers that were like fun to fuck around with. Mm-hmm. And then there are some teachers that we just knew to come together as a class to fuck around. If we all do this, no one gets in trouble. Right. You know? The classes that where that didn't happen, it was often a coach. The football players wouldn't fuck around. And I was like, well, now this isn't fun. Right. So I remember art history. Fucking stunk. Really? Awful. Yeah. Was uh, that taught Brother by Green. a coach? Yeah. That Brother Greeno was a coach. basketball coach. Health was pretty boring and awful. Mm-hmm. Taught by one of the football coaches. It was just like, ah, fuck, we have to behave now. Health feels like
0: boring. an obvious one for a coach to sort of do double duty if they have to. Art history surprises me. It was an all-boys school, so all of the figures, most of them
1: were male. There's only two... I think two women teachers in my four years of being there and so all of the male teachers to like develop relationships with the students and whatnot they picked up an extracurricular activity it's also another smaller check that you can pick up for those few months because their catholic school teachers are not getting paid anything
0: so the bad classes for you were art history and health were the main ones pretty much anything taught by a coach right yeah, anything
1: taught by a coach. Most of like the earlier year classes were were tougher. I always thought chemistry was awful, but I, I was never a science guy. Early Spanish was pretty boring because okay. we just didn't know each other. And then later on, like as we started to really understand what was funny about each person, and we started to figure out how to like fuck around in a way that like we you can't get in trouble for being like you you find the the real loophole in being a student, yeah, uh, that all happened like junior senior year. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, it was just like every class was fun. The whole day was fun. Yeah, maybe it was just because of the subject matter, but every year of religion class was so much fun. Really, it was always the highlight. I think it was because of how it started out with freshman year. We had um, I forgot what his name was. Father McGowan, I believe, was what his name was. He mm-hmm. uh, was just. And he like clearly had no like lesson plans <laughs> at all, <laughs> but we took advantage of it. There's one time we uh, we would have prayer, right. and you know it's like, if there's anything you want to pray for, you raise your hand, and he's like, I like to pray for my aunt. She's having a really tough time going through a divorce, and she's feeling very lonely. And then this one day, we did prayer for like. 25 minutes because <laughs> we were all acting like it was really meaningful <laughs> so you're making then, up like
0: aunts and uncles and we're and making
1: up aunts and uncles we're trying to like make each other laugh like let's say someone were like yeah my aunt is like feeling really lonely and then someone else is like I like praying for my uncle who just got a divorce and he's just partying too. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, I fear that he's throwing it in his ex-wife's face or something. Like it would, (laughs) it'd be shit like that. That's where like my humor started. Right. Was being so childish in uh, this inappropriate time.
0: (laughs) Schools where a lot of that great comedy comes out of where you really start discovering it. It's certainly where I started discovering it as well. I had a teacher similar to you where we, had the perfect mix of people that were ready to fuck around. She was, she was this history teacher. She was pretty mean. She was a pretty mean teacher, but she would try to come up with exercises and things that would make people like her a bit more. I remember there was this one exercise she came up with where you know where you'd be reading a textbook, reading it aloud, and she'd sort of assign people to do it by paragraph. You'd jump around the room. Her fun exercise was any word with an S you would replace with sausages, any word with an M you would replace with mash, and any word with a P you would replace with peas. And it was, you know, the most British set of words you can imagine. So of course, sausage, mash, and peas being the three words, pretty much every boy looks around the room without saying a word to each other, has just sort of given each other a look and is like... So we're saying penis instead of peas, right? Just every yeah. single person <laughs> is immediately yeah. on the same page to the point that we start doing it. War was fought between the penis, and she goes peas, not penis. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you said I thought you said penis, um, and so then it goes on to the next person who just sincerely says yeah. penis, and she's like, no, 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 and she's getting to the point of hysterical, where it's like you can't buy into this because we're trying to get this reaction out yes. of you, and you're letting us. Succeed, we were shit. Yeah, it's
1: those small things make me smile bigger than anything else. Yeah, because it was that like that's brilliant improv in, yeah. in a sense that like it never like someone oh what happened was someone said penis mm-hmm. the next guy was like I'm gonna say penis <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> and, guys, and then cute- top draw comedy this is this is but this it, is
0: where comedy is right now
1: there is a togetherness in that where mm-hmm. you're like. You said penis. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to say penis because he can't get in trouble alone if we all do this. Yeah. Let's come together and all say penis. Yes. It's the... it's There's a beauty that is, like, you really have to go to an all boy school to really understand it.
0: <laughs> and the art was in the subtlety because some people then... As the game went further along, people started to try and change what sausage and mash was. It's like, no, no, you need the grounding. Like when the prayer thing happened, some
1: people were like trying to sell a joke. And I was like, you can't do that. You have
0: to say it like you're
1: praying for something
0: (laughs) that is really meaningful. We've got the bad classes. The art history, the health, the chemistry are off the table. Those aren't going to be anywhere near your schedule. But let's get into the good. You mentioned the dynamics of what would make a good class for you, but what were the good subjects, the good classrooms, the good teachers? The the best
1: ones were always religion. Sophomore year religion was the only one that was like not as wild because Mr. Shooty was this guy that we really respected. Okay. He had like he was a swim coach, just a very good, great guy. And we we're like, ah, we can't treat him like this. <laughs> but uh he was still great. I actually in college was like oh, i'm gonna major in religion and try to become a religion teacher at oday high school because all oh, wow. of those guys really made me feel like i don't believe in god anymore but at the mm-hmm. time i was like i didn't think that it, religion classes were about like indoctrination right it was about teaching these boys burgeoning men how to become better people
0: i actually i had that conversation with someone recently on the podcast where I was very fortunate in my experience at school. We were taught religion as well, but I think there's this fear that kind of goes around America right now that if you're teaching anything other than what your family believes, it's indoctrination. But my yeah. school it was really it was more just teaching backgrounds. It was more just teaching the yeah. life of, you know, people that believe in Hinduism or Buddhism or Sikhism or Judaism and it was To me, it was closer to like a geography or history lesson than it was like a religious. It wasn't telling you how to live your life. It was just like, oh, no, this is just how these people do it and inform your own opinions from that. So was that more what yours was?
1: Yeah, I felt like uh, what those guys taught me, because my idea of religion was very strict and indoctrinated, Mm -hmm. because that's what the kind of Catholic my parents are. And that's the kind of Catholic the teachers were when I was in elementary school, Mm. These guys taught me that you can be open-minded. You can be... They taught me that the values of the church, which are like forgiveness, understanding, like all of the good things about being a Catholic and having Jesus in your life, mm-hmm. that's what
0: matters. Not saying that our father in a certain way or whatever. Right, right. I think that's important to have someone who kind of grounds you in that regard. So what was the teacher's name again? That was Mr. Shudi. That was really great. But I, the one that I loved the most was mr
1: Painter? Mm. he was the one that we fucked around with the most junior year there's these junior year retreats called encounter and seniors would lead the junior year retreat okay and mr painter i think he was my religion teacher both junior and senior year and encounter became this place where like we showed them how much we loved them because we we, like did skits where we were like pretended to be the teachers and everything yeah and made fun and it was just like we are a family Mm -hmm. it isn't Teacher versus student, we give a shit about you. It was Mm -hmm. very lovely.
0: So if we've got religion with Mr. Painter is on the schedule, I need I need one more from you and then we're gonna go to a break and then we'll have another class. But what is the next class? Algebra with Mr.
1: Eldenberg. Algebra. Who Eldenberg was so he was actually the funniest guy in a school, probably. (laughs) Uh he taught just freshmen and sophomore. I think he only taught freshmen actually. He kind of had this like dopiness to him. <laughs> he like was, had ongoing bits. Every test we pl- he played this like, you know that the, that song that happened in the like 90s a lot was like dun 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 dun. dun. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dun, um, it would always be at the end of a race in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, he was just very funny and very dumb. He also showed me how to be a comedian where he was like obviously very smart, mm-hmm. but knew how to control the room with humor and played dumb Mm
0: -hmm. to teach us all so that i would do algebra with him oh that's great i think it was i think the name of the song was chariots of fire i'm gonna have to go back or that was the name of the movie it was in but that was song was absolutely huge in the uk and i remember growing up with that as well. (laughs) to the point i I believe that was in the olympics opening ceremony and mr bean performed it what that fucking bridge. Yeah, the whole thing was him. He was he was a keyboardist playing one note of the song of the dun 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 dun, dun-, 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 dun as the rest yeah. of them going. Dun, 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 yeah, dun. that's a great memory. That's a great core cool memory. So algebra with Mister Eldenburg is on there yeah. next to religion. Then did you have a recess or a break of some description? Just lunch. Uh, Just lunch. We had
1: homeroom. So between each class was three minutes, and then okay. before homeroom, I think we had like. 10 15 you get to go to your locker you get to go to homeroom hang around for a little bit and then we would start class
0: gotcha we'll speed ahead then towards what the third and final class before lunch would be what would the third class be
1: i liked art okay yeah art was fun because we just worked on a on art while in class but we hung out
0: the whole time yeah so was that a good teacher or no
1: Um, she was one of the few women in the building. Okay. I thought she was fine. She was younger. So there, there was quite a bit of sexual harassment that probably went, uh, in her direction. Mm -hmm. I think it was more that. Like, we're like, Whoa, she's kind of hot. And uh, this is funny, <laughs>
0: and, I and I don't know what to do with this information. Yes. So I'm just I don't know how to be process an idiot this. Idiot is what I'm gonna do. Let me speed back through the day just to get us caught up until we get to lunch here. So, the day has started. You've woken up in Kent at six o'clock in the morning. You're leaving the house at six fifty. You're taking a bus from Kent with your buddy who you never knew his name and you never spoke to him but you're both listening yeah. to music and chilling if you've fallen asleep he's going to nudge you awake or you're going to nudge him awake in case he misses his stuff you would get off the bus get on your second bus get to school by the time you've got to school you're walking into your first favourite class you're going to religion with Mr. Paintner, then you're going to algebra with Mr. Eldenburg maybe playing a bit of chariots of fire having a good time then you've got art screwing around and then you're getting to lunch. What was your favorite lunch? What was a day you looked forward to? And did you bring or did you buy? I brought a lunch. The first two years of high school, you
1: go to like a cafeteria. Mm-hmm. So that's where the freshman and sophomore have their lunch. And then junior and senior year, you can have lunch off campus. And that usually ended up being too expensive for me and also too much time, was it because you'd have to walk somewhere? Then yeah, lunch was a, a time for us to hang out. So, junior year, I remember we were having lunch in the courtyard a lot. It would be raining and cold, but we'd be out there having lunch. Mm-hmm. You can't eat in the building. That that was a rule. Okay, that was a rule. You culture. cannot eat in the building, no matter the unless, time of year.
0: Sorry, no matter the time of year, they may no you matter the time sit of year. outside. Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. Fucking um, hell. <laughs> unless you were a part of a club what and kind so, of club like a club that would have to meet during lunch and so okay. we made up oh, a see. club i, I
0: thought <laughs> this was like nepotism unless you're a part of that club then yeah no yeah
1: no let's say it's yearbook or something you had to have like a yearbook meeting okay that would be a reason to eat lunch in a classroom okay so we made up a club <laughs> mr painter uh, it's theology club so we're gonna have lunch here and Ooh. so and we kind of just like A little bit bullied him into letting us have lunch in his classroom every day. And uh, yeah, we just had lunch with him and and fucked around with him. That was most of senior year. So theology club was not really a fucking thing. It was not a thing. I did put it on my college applications, (laughs) but it was not a thing. I said I was
0: the president of it. (laughs) Did you ever get asked about it?
1: no no, wow. no no one asks about anything on it on resumes or applications <laughs>
0: made it this far in life and i'm the first fucking person to ask about theology club yeah uh, sorry <laughs> to blow your cover mate so in an ideal world you would be having lunch in theology club in mr Painter's yes. office
1: yeah
0: and what are you having what would what would you bring what was the general lunch selection
1: it wasn't good
0: <laughs> and almost
1: and definitely not memorable i'm trying to think of what it was it was like never i was always jealous of people who had like leftovers from dinner That's where huge. they like uh even if it was cold yeah i was like oh that looks so good. i always hated lunch foods back then but that was because my parents would make the worst sandwiches can you give us an example is there any that whole wheat bread that is like not actually have any nutrition in it it's just brown white bread and then by the time that it's lunchtime the mayo has just turned it into a slop mess Mm -hmm. and then some like turkey or something like that. It was just like, and that was so boring. Yeah. Something like that. Wheat bread. Well, that was like my sandwich. And then you get like, uh, I don't know, a bag of like sun chips or something. Gotcha. Very basic. Yeah. Were your parents
0: cooks to any sort of degree?
1: No, no. (laughs) It's one of those things that I like kind of realized later in life was like, Oh, they stink at cooking. (laughs) But you're growing
0: up, you're like, oh, this is just food. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever start making your own lunches because it was so bad, or were you just like, fuck it, I'll just keep going with this?
1: No, never thought to do that.
0: (laughs) Could have, could have. Yeah, literally uh, didn't think about that until maybe right now. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go have a quick speed back through your day again, just to remind everybody where we're at. As I said, you got up in the morning, Six o'clock in the morning, you got on the bus, you listen to your tunes, you listen to your rap music, not fucking Macklemore, he can go fuck himself. If he was Absolutely on the bus, he should, he should get off the bus, go stand in the rain. Then you're getting on your second bus, you're getting to school, you're in your religion class with Mr. Painter, you're fucking around with him, he's fucking around, he's pretending he's taking things personally, he's not really, he's just a good bloke. Then algebra, you're getting on to Mr. Eldenburg, you're having another good time, art. Uh, People were terrible at it, but you weren't. People are looking at the hot teacher. Lunch, back with Mr. Painter. Theology Club, having your... Well, actually, what would you have if you could have your perfect lunch, though? Uh, There's this one place called uh, Yoshino's Teriyaki. Yoshino's Teriyaki. Uh,
1: It was uh, really only like three blocks away, two blocks away from the school. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would go there after school. With friends all the time, and Yoshino was the a Korean guy. <laughs> <laughs> the way he talks is the way I do an offensive Asian accent. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like he is the offensive Asian accent in my head. The girls' school uh, was called Holy Names, mm-hmm. and so uh, you could order. You you always ordered either a chicken teriyaki or a spicy, uh, which was a spicy chicken teriyaki. Right. And yeah. I I never ordered spicy. <laughs> And he, he would, uh, I, I go, uh, um, he'd go every single time. he go spicy. And I go, no, just regular. And he go, you holy names.
0: <laughs> 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 I was like, you fucking rock, dude. <laughs> so in an ideal world, even though it took too much time to go out there and get it, the, the perfect lunch would be Yoshino's teriyaki. Would
1: be, it would be nice if Yoshino's was in the courtyard. They, food that way truck. they don't have to go out there. Food yeah, truck. He it's had a 20 food truck. Perfect. And he would see he has
0: to be there. If he's if it's a day off for him, fuck it. Keep the white bread shitty sandwich. Because yes, it absolutely it just defeats the point otherwise. So Yoshino's Teriyaki, not spicy, is uh-huh. coming in your direction for lunch. Now, we are almost at the final phase here. You are almost graduated. You just have one last thing you have to do. And now that <laughs> Now that I'm speaking to a comedian who I have talked about all different sorts of stuff with, I'm kind of afraid to hear where this is going to go because the last part of the day, you have to give advice to the kids of today who maybe dream of being successful themselves. Hopefully all these kids at the school dream of being successful themselves, but what would you tell these kids to do or not do in order to be successful in life, which you wish you'd known back then?
1: I would tell them to have fun now.
0: Mm. Because it it all fucking goes away. It gets pretty shitty. (laughs) (laughs) But have
1: fun now. Let let these, like, and make memories now. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, this is actually, this was so fun to, like, get to think about high school on this level. Because it, like... I'm not around those guys. And we would, whenever I am around those guys, we tell these stories Mm -hmm. and we laugh and there's just like so much love that occurs when that's happening. So -hmm. I'd be like, make those memories now, have fun now. It stops being fun because you, you have too many things to worry about in the future. I'd also probably say, don't follow your dreams.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wherever your head's at, fuck that.
1: (laughs) It doesn't work out for most people. <laughs> so, like,
0: take a practical major, you know. <laughs> but that's okay. You're allowed to fuck up. You're allowed to fuck up at that point in life. Like, make mistakes as well. Because yes. I think I was at an age where I took high school so seriously that I was so afraid of a misstep there dictating my whole life because that's sort of what they've made you think. Yeah. It, it ain't, it ain't going to do that.
1: Also, being the fuck up now helps you develop the character for later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going to learn, like if you're fucking up now and you're being self-aware while doing it, you'll learn those mistakes and it'll be fun to rehash as an adult. The one thing I would tell him is, I promise
0: you, be an idiot now. Yeah. This will be worth it when you're in your 30s. Because no one's going to look upon it kindly when you are in your 30s. No, still
1: being a fucking yeah. idiot.
0: Those, those yeah, days have passed. I can't, I can't sexually
1: harass an art teacher right now. <laughs> I love these As much say- as I want to.
0: <laughs> can't happen. So all right. So your day finishes with that great piece of advice. Have fun now. And oh sorry, what was the second part of it? Like fuck your dreams don't follow your dreams yeah don't don't no need to follow your dreams uh, because it's not worth it to piggyback on that i know so many people who at that time in my life were truly telling me that when you're that age you don't know anything you don't know anything and of course as a senior in high school you think no no no. i'm like an adult now i'm a I'm, i'm a man i know what i'm doing i cannot stress enough if i was to go back now the 15 years since I was in high school and talk to 18-year-old Billy, I would smack him around the face and say, you really don't know a fucking thing. You don't yeah. know what you want to do. You don't know how any of this works. Just kind of let it happen a bit. Just, just fucking relax because you're yes, taking life yeah. too seriously for this early stage in the game.
1: Yeah, I would be like just, hey, you're trying to keep it together too
0: much yeah let it out yes i agree some of my best memories from school because our drinking age was lower in the uk you know we were able to drink at the age of 18 well you're able to drink at the age of 18 but much like in america you know you're drinking before that so you'd still get together with your friends at like 16 and 17 to go drinking but bars and stuff wouldn't let you in unless you had a good fake, borrowed your brothers or whatever it might be sure so what we would do is we would have the oldest looking one of the group, which was pretty much always me or my mate Steve, would go and buy beers, buy drinks from an off license. We have no idea what we were getting. We bought these fucking yeah. Bailey's mudslides that were like the sweetest <laughs> fucking things you could possibly, we all got sick off of these things just because there was so much fucking sugar, it wasn't the alcohol yeah. at all. We'll get these Bailey's mudslides. We would go drink at the bus stop a a Friday night at like 9 p.m., which if our parents knew that, you know, would probably kill us. But also great fucking memories, drinking at the bus stop like sewer rats. The best stories, the the best moments were there.
1: Junior year, last day of school, junior year, the seniors had already graduated, so they're already gone. Me and a bunch of dudes went to a park, last day of school you get out at 11 mm-hmm. so we're at a park at like 12 30 there's a park over like a different part of seattle in queen anne mm-hmm. and we had a keg <laughs> a whole fucking keg at this park and it was like you know 20 guys 17 year olds from the same high school we're all wearing our you know you, the school Dress code was you had to wear a button-up, tucked in to, I don't know, chinos or slacks or something. Mm-hmm. No jeans, no sweats. Mm-hmm. So we're all looking, just 17-year-olds looking proper, drinking out of a keg. And then someone in the neighborhood called the cops on us. Okay. And the cops showed up. They broke it up. A lot of people ran away. And then, you know, they were like, don't you fucking run. You're not running. And so there's like about 10 of us that got caught. Mm-hmm. And... There's this moment where this cop, he has a backpack. He's like, whose stuff is this? Whose stuff? Is-? It's a flimsy backpack. There's nothing. It's the last day of school. No one has anything in their right. backpacks. And he, he reaches in. There's nothing in there but, like, a giant, goofy calculator for a child learning what how to use a calculator. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, no one's going to claim this? And he puts it on the ground. And <laughs> he stomps it out. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> And I was like, that's the stupidest <laughs> way for you to be like tough, right? Now. <laughs> they and then they took all of our IDs and then, uh, and our names, and then no one got in trouble. That's so, so that was, ridiculous. That was sweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's good, but those are the best memories. Those are the best yeah. memories. And when you, do, if you do that when you're older, it's just fucking sad. Yeah, so
1: absolutely. Like, make the mistakes make them in an environment where like they are are going to ruin your life yeah but make those mistakes have fun
0: that's wonderful advice mate look i really appreciate with all of that with those classes all put together with your yoshino's your teriyaki lunch with <laughs> your advice to the kids with your celebrating by going and drinking a keg in the park and having your calculate a stamped on <laughs> you have completed your last first day I want to congratulate you, sir. Thank you so much for joining me. It has been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything you want to plug before we go here today?
1: Have your listeners follow me on social media. It's at Wilfred Padua. I'm sure you'll have it spelled out somewhere. Um, And uh, I've got a podcast coming out soon. We're just finalizing some details before we start recording. So keep
0: on the lookout for that stuff do that everybody wilfred padua mate it was such a good time to be able to chat with you again and be able to tell some old stories thank you so much for joining me today thanks for having me man and so ends another last first day at the last first day academy thank you so much to wilfred padua for joining us for his last first day for the first last time and since we spoke there is a name for his podcast and it is coming out in the next couple of weeks so keep an eye out for it it is called the known zone and it's him and andy haynes will be hosting that so keep a lookout for the known zone podcast coming very very soon Join me again next week because my guest is someone I've been very excited to talk to since the first day of this podcast. I can't reveal who it is right now, but if you follow Last First Day Pod on Instagram, you'll be among the first to find out. Give us a rating, give us a like, give us a share, give us a subscribe, write a comment on the podcast and tell us about your most ridiculous school lunch. I want to know all those stories and more, but until the next time, class dismissed.